a stu stu studio D production. Kyle bought, okay, I just want to say shout out again to Boulevard because Kyle bought this like 12 pack of like Boulevard variety beers, but they have a tasting room special and it's like a honey blonde ale mm. and it smells just like honey and it tastes delicious. It is so good. Anyway, just if like I, I love if Boulevard. If Kyle bring me something to drink. Maybe. Boulevard is one of my favorite breweries and it's always been one of Matt's favorite breweries. Mm -hmm. but since yeah, it first like far. started many many years ago yeah i really love them anyway and they have a good tour going. too their tour was yeah really good. i really love their tour we did it last summer when kyle and i drove out for the reunion we stopped in kansas city and did the boulevard tour and it was it was really really fun i still have, think that new new belgium's tour is was better as a tour goes however we went back before it was as big as it is now and i don't know if it's as good like i don't know if you even get to ride the slide anymore at new belgium oh back yeah in the day, you used to be able to and it was so new belgium number one and boulevard might be number two in terms of good tours yeah i've done a lot of tours we've drank a lot of beer in our life <laughs> i mean i need you know kyle and i have talked about it and there's no shortage of brewery tours to do here in denver so but I will tell you, most of the brewery tours in Denver are like, this is how you make beer. Here are the four ingredients you need to make mm -hmm. beer. And this is the vat where this happens. And this is, and it's like, all right, thanks. I know that because I've been to a million tours. Boulevard and, and New Belgium tell the story of their brewery. Yeah, there's so much that's, history. Yeah, that's what's really interesting, I think. It makes it a little more unique. Are we going to have a podcast? <laughs> we can get to the podcast. <laughs> So our cold, our cold open will just be like, so, um... Sit down, I want to tell you a story. A really weird and messed up story. With murdering ghosts and gobbly ghouls. It's all really fucked up, so don't you be fooled. It's effed up family story time. The podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to effed up family story time. Hannah has a mouthful of food. So <laughs> she just promised I won't have a mouthful of food. Before I started, that's my fault. She promised. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Effed Up Family Storytime. I'm Salem. And I'm Hannah. And with us today is everyone. Say hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Yay! Hi! Hey, yeah. Well, Jess and Kelly. So we're doing hopefully our last episode remotely. It's been nice having everybody on the mic though. So I've been having tossing around the idea of figuring out how we could do that once we go back to recording in person. At least we've had this to get us through because it's been a kind of a wild ride. How's everyone doing? Good. Yeah. Hooray! Yeah. Everyone's kind of quiet today. You have graham crackers, Belle? Now I'm jealous. I do have graham crackers. Mm. I was wanting graham crackers the other day for some reason. Because they're delicious. That's the reason. Why does everyone have a snack? Like, everyone is eating <laughs> something right now. Hey, we're I'm ready to start the podcast. Things. Everyone make sure you get your loudest snacks because we're going. <laughs> I'm eating a bean burrito. That is not loud at all. Oh, I can hear the smacking. Actually, I don't know if I can or not. I was going to say, I haven't even chewed yet. You can probably hear your jaw popping if we were quiet enough. <laughs> you don't have to be that quiet. No. So we're here today recording our 18th episode. 
Our right. podcast is finally legal. Because <laughs> it's 18 it can vote. episodes oh. old. <laughs> it can't buy cigarettes anymore, but it can vote. <laughs> that implies that it hasn't been legal these last 17 episodes, which is a little scary. What have we been doing with the legal <laughs> of legal age? You can't buy cigarettes at 18 anymore? No, you have no, to be 21. 21. When did mm-hmm. that change? January. Okay. I thought that was just a proposal thing. That actually went no, through. No, it happened. All snap. You can die for your country, but you can't buy alcohol or cigarettes, and that's pretty fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, seems kind of hypocritical or something. Seems something bad like that. Like maybe <laughs> hypocritical, but maybe not. Like that's not the right word, but something like that. It's just, it's not good. It's Stick wrong. with that. It's not good. So uh, before we get into our story filled with mayhem, we should probably go into our drink corner. And see what everybody's drinking today. Oh, okay. Let's see how lame our quarantine is. We've got pretty lame. <laughs> my, I'm proud of mine this time. Okay, I've been the lame one, but you start. Him. So I'm not drinking it right now because it's empty, but in my beautiful rainbow Starbucks cup, I made a smoothie, but with seltzer that I had because I have not gone to the liquor store in a while. <laughs> But I had a Smirnoff Berry Lemonade, like, hard seltzer. I did a full bottle of that. And then I put strawberries and raspberries and then a mixed berry thing. And I blended it all together. And I put a little bit of tea in there because I put too many strawberries and it needed more liquid. But it was very good. (laughs) That sounds delicious. What is it called? Um... Dragon smoothie. Just go with dragon smoothie. Okay. Smooth, smooth dragon. dragon. Oh, I like that. Okay. He's a smooth flyer. Smooth what? flyer. Oh, I get it. I'm slow. I'm sorry. Smooth dragon is a smooth flyer. <laughs> it's a smooth flyer. <laughs> so who else has one? It's worth sharing. I have one. Okay. So I made the wakey wakey dragon. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. And this is, I'll walk through how to make it. It's very difficult. It's a <laughs> shot of espresso, except I run mine through my Nespresso machine twice. So it's kind of like a shot and a half. A splash of caramel syrup, Ooh. six ounces of milk all over ice. And so it's basically just an ice latte. <laughs> <laughs> the wakey, wakey dragon. I call it the wakey, wakey dragon because that sounds way more fun. And now when I make it every morning before work, I'm going to call it the Wakey Wakey Dragon. I like it. It's patent pending, trademarked, or whatever we have to say so nobody steals it. And then if you want it to be an alcoholic drink, you can add some Kahlua Mm -hmm. or some really disgusting coffee-flavored whiskey that is in my (laughs) cabinet right now. But Irish cream. You could put some Irish cream. That could be good, yeah. But I was afraid my whiskey would ruin the coffee because it's a really pretty gross tasting coffee flavored whiskey so i didn't but do it in the coffee would it be terrible yeah i don't know but yeah, I, didn't want to ruin my, but I didn't want to ruin my delicious latte by finding out so. i think it would be i don't think there's anything that would make it not awful whiskey <laughs> apparently being drunk when Pouring you're it out it at the distillery made it not awful because we bought like four freaking bottles of that <laughs> So that's the only thing that makes it taste not awful is being drunk and tasting it at the distillery. All right, Kelly. Well, I like your drink. Who wants to go next? I can go next unless Belle wants to go. 
I mean, I'm just drinking up here. <laughs> I ran out of uh, I ran out of booze. I'm literally just drinking a the Boulevard Ginger Lemon Rattler. Ooh, that sounds that good. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I love Boulevard. They're actually the only brewery that I've ever toured. Do you want to go, Jess? I'm just drinking sparkling water with orange juice. It's a virgin mimosa is what I call it. But I'm drinking it out of a copper mug, so it makes it fancy. (laughs) Okay, what's No alcohol except for, I have a couple beers in the fridge. That's all I had, and I didn't feel like going and getting any. What's it called? The virgin dragon? I don't know. Um, Dragon monk? Dragon priest? He's the dragon priest. The immaculate dragon. Virgin, right? The immaculate. The (laughs) dragon Mary. Mary dragon. Dragon Mary. Immaculate Um, dragon. We got a lot of names that it could be. (laughs) What was the name of yours, Belle? Lazy dragon. Lazy dragon. I mean, can I really coin it as a different name when it already (laughs) is just the beer? (laughs) She can name it. It doesn't change. Um, the That's Dragon it. of Broken Dreams. Hail, <laughs> okay. Green Day. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Dragon of Broken Dreams. I love it. All right. So now <laughs> so I made also have a, well, you didn't have a hot drink, did you, Kelly? So I made a, basically a toddy. Uh, it's Earl Grey tea with um, orange blossom honey and some lime juice because I was out of lemon juice. And some, and a shot of Seagram's. There you go. And it's, it's called the, what did I come up with? I had it. It's, it's the Earl of Dragon, ah, whatever, something. The hot toddy Earl of Dragon, I, something like that. So. What if it's just the Dragon of Earl? The Dragon like, of Earl. Like Duke of Earl, but it's a dragon. Yeah, the Dragon of Earl. The toddy Dragon of Earl. I don't know. The tawdry dragon of Earl. <laughs> All right. So are we ready to get into the story? Sure. Let's figure oh. out. What... <laughs> or whatever it was you were doing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, let's see. I got to get my, my printer. Ran out of ink. And so I only have half my pages printed. So I'm going to try to get the dates right. Sorry, guys. There we go. I hate it when you print on both sides and you can't tell which one goes first. And you would think that the pages that are running out of ink would be the last ones, but they're not. They're the first ones. That's weird. Okay. All right. Are you so. okay, Jess? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really liked the idea of my counter height table when I got it, but it's been a year now, and it just makes me tired scooting my chair in when I sit at it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You guys ready? Yes. So, Let's Norway. Do this. Okay. I'm trying to do this. Sorry. it's gonna be cheesy Norway late 80s early 90s black metal that's exactly right we're gonna talk about 
the black metal scene in Norway the in the late 80s and in the early 90s um, it was a pretty new black metal was new there was death metal and there was you know um, you had metal you had your death metal you had punk but this was different they were trying to be something totally unique so uh, we're going to start with the band Mayhem. Have you guys heard of Mayhem? Yes. You know who they are? Because they're a pretty popular name, and the band is still around. Well, they got together in the 19, was it 1984, I think, is when they got together, and it was just three guys. So um, the three founders of the group were Oystein Arseth and the Keitel Mannheim and Jorn Stubberud. Stubberud. I don't know. So um, the three of them started the band in 1984, and they, you know, wanted to kind of create this new genre, not death metal, um, not heavy metal, but like black metal, which was supposed to be the opposite of what everybody likes. Like, they wanted to fight against, like, society by being completely opposite. So they didn't want to be appealing. They didn't want to be aesthetic to look at. They didn't want to be aesthetic to listen to. They wanted to be, you know, embrace that cold. Like a lot of them, it's kind of funny, They in the interviews that I watched, would talk about how Norway is like this cold and, and landscape, you know, dreary and dark, and that seeps into the people of Norway so that it becomes a part of them, and that's kind of what their music embodied. So <laughs> did you do that on purpose, Jess? I think it's hilarious. We okay. want to be what nobody likes. So how are they going to make money and be popular? Well, they didn't care to make money or be popular. They didn't. So anyway, so these three guys, and they use like Satanism and kind of the, you know, black arts, that kind of stuff to get attention because it would shock people. And it was kind of like, so it kind of became an image for them. They never really in the beginning were interested in that kind of stuff. Like they didn't, and they never practiced Satanism, even though they were accused of it. But um, it was more just like an image to kind of get attention. So anyway, uh, at one point they hired, they had like some singers that had come in. One was named Man Maniac, I think, and I can't remember what the other one's name was, um, over like the next couple of years. And then in 1988, they got this singer whose name was Pella Olin, and he went by the name of Dead. So, like, they create, they all adopted, most of them adopted these names that they would go by. So, like, Oystein, he was the guitarist, and he was kind of like, he viewed himself as the leader, whether other people viewed him as a leader is questionable. That was where, what he thought his role was. Um, he went by Euronymous. So, I'm going to use these names for these people because it's easier for me to remember. So, Euronymous, and then the bass player who was the Jorn Stubberud, he went by Necro Butcher. Yikes! He was the bassist. And then the original drummer, he Keitel Mannheim, he didn't have, so I'm just going to call him Mannheim. But um, Dad was the singer then that they had gotten a few years later. And he was very, like everybody said when remembering him that he was very depressed. And he was like obsessed with death. And um, which is why he chose the name Dead. And he would wear corpse makeup, and he kind of presented himself as like the first person to wear corpse makeup when he was performing. And they even said that, like, no, it wasn't like Kiss, because that was one of the things I said, because this is in the 80s, Kiss was in the 70s, and they already wore the white and black 
you know, face paint. But they were like, no, it wasn't like Kiss. That was flashy. This was like white and black makeup that was really supposed to symbolize them being dead, make them look like they're dead. Corpse makeup. So I didn't think it looked that different, honestly. So (laughs) (laughs) they could have... They could have been in Kiss. No, 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 no. We're not like Kiss at all. No, we yeah. are way more. No. Maybe we'll put some pictures on our page and let we were the first. <laughs> Do the yeah, I mean, kiss they or were no dark. Kiss. And there's some shit. There are some pictures that kind of show how dark they were, but but yeah, the face paint though. I'm, I I still think. I mean, it wasn't a star. Like, didn't one guy in Kiss have like a black star over his eye and stuff? It wasn't yeah. that flamboyant, but it was still black and white face paint around the eyes angular patterns on the nose and it looks like like skeletony maybe maybe yeah <laughs> i'm trying to i'm probably going to be dead. wrong about saying this it reminded me of uh brandon lee from the crow mm. yeah kind of like that but i had to google and make sure that that was actually a thing that i didn't just make up in my head that he actually wore face paint yes, in that movie he did <laughs> Yeah. So, so this guy dead though. He was really, he was depressed and he was obsessed with death. But he was just very bizarre about it. He would find dead animals and he would save them, um, to be close to death. He would put like dead things in a bag, like a dead crow in a paper bag, and so he could smell it before he would go. You know, so he could experience the death. He was very bizarre and um, or gross or gross. Yeah. And I guess uh, there's this story that when he was young, like 11 years old, that he was in an accident and he almost died. Or he did die for a few minutes and he saw the light. And ever since then, he had been obsessed with death. And he was very suicidal. And he talked about killing himself. I guess he attempted to kill himself several times. And one of the things, I've got a quote here, somebody. This is from a member of a cultist, which is another... um, A cultipus? Black metal band, Occultus. Occultus, yeah. Occultopus? No, Occultopus is the black art shop in one of the episodes of Psych, sorry. Okay. But he says about Dead that he didn't see himself as human. He saw himself as a creature from another world. He said he had many visions, that his blood has frozen in his veins, and that he was dead. That is the reason he took that name. He knew he would die. So that just kind of gives you a feel for his image. He even would like bury his clothes for three or four days before a show. So he would dig them up and wear them and they would look like he had been buried in them like a corpse. Damn. He, um, he, when he became the singer, he was very dark and he kind of brought this darkness into the band. Like they were already saying they were Satanists and trying to be but it was more like an image. They weren't good people. None of them were fucking good people. Because I watched a couple documentaries and um, that movie Lords of Chaos with Macaulay Culkin, which it, or not Macaulay Culkin, uh, Rory Culkin. Mac, isn't it, yeah, Rory Culkin. That's Rory McCulkin, is that what you Rory almost said? <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys watch Waco? He's in that. Did you guys watch Waco on Netflix? Yeah. Because he's in that and it's good. It also has the girl that plays Ruth in Ozark. If you guys watch that and she's really good too. But it's about Waco, which is cool. Not cool, and but not it's interesting. Related, not related to what we're talking about. No, but about. you mentioned uh, Rory Culkin, and I was it's excited because we started watching Waco. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so in all of those, the, the Lords of Chaos, from what some of the people that were involved in the black metal scene say, that it took liberties, it wasn't accurate. 
Um, but none of them portrayed these people as like good people. <laughs> so they were all kind of shitty people. But anyway, so when Dad joined the band, he kind of brought this darkness and amped this darkness. And there's like accounts of Euronymous, um, the guitarist, he would like egg on Dead and stuff with the suicide, like, like egg him on, like do it, go ahead and do it if you're going to do it, you know, and like uh, do it, do it, do it. And <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Do it, 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 do it a lot, so, do it, do it, do it, do it, but he, you know, and people commented that it was just odd that they would see him with this kind of behavior, like, really encouraging him, encouraging Dead to, you know, pursue that, that thinking, and then one really creepy thing that Dead did, and this is, they were just fucking weird, like, when they, so they didn't have a lot of concerts in the beginning, but when they started to have concerts, like, and it was about the time Dead joined the group, they would, like, put pig's heads on a stake, you know, in front of the stage and stuff. And he, when Dead would sing, he would, like, take a knife or broken glass and cut himself. And he would, like, cut himself so bad that he would spray blood onto the audience. And the audience would just eat that shit up because Ew. it was fucking weird. Yeah. And he had a lot of, like, kind of satanic symbolism, but I don't think he was satanic. He was just dark, you know, and death, obsessed with death. So anyway, it just kind of brought this whole new... And I think at some point in here is when Mannheim, the original drummer, left, and they got a new drummer. His name was Hellhammer, I think. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm look These guys their name. Mannheim. I know. I like how the original drummer was like, I don't have a funny name. And then they go replace <laughs> him. And they're like, we got to get someone who will have a name. Well, and it was, it was funny because I watched one documentary that really talked to the original drummer a lot, even though he wasn't involved in the band. When like the crazy shit goes down he was still a part of the scene and like friends with Euronymous and stuff but he kind of even like comments he's like I was in other bands I think he just got the fuck out of there like this shit's getting weird and I got other bands that I can be in and I don't need to yeah like, like he talks about how Euronymous really lived in a fantasy world he gets to a point where like he's he's in a fantasy world with this whole image and scene that he creates you know so I was trying to find the drummer's actual name. I'm sure it's here somewhere and I just can't read it. Anyway. I like Hellhammer. I'm pretty sure it was his name. But anyway, so they got him and he seemed to be a little bit more okay with like the dark aspect of shit and just, and just kind of went along with it. And um, there's a character, a character, there's a, <laughs> a one, of, one of the guys, he's in a different band. He, he, he kind of joins Mayhem later. Um, his name is Varg Vickernes. Vickernes? And he goes by Count Grishnak. Um, so the Count, it's this is just, oh, we're going to talk about him later, but I'm just bringing him up now because I watched one interview with him where he talks about how Dead, he had called him and asked him for some ammunition for his shotgun. And he was like, yeah, that's cool. And he ran it over to him, gave it to him, and then he shot himself with it. Awesome. So Dead killed himself. He actually slit both of his wrists, arm, you know, arms from like wrist to elbow Slit his neck, and then shot himself in the head with a shotgun. Um, that's like I'm one of those very, things alone would kill you. Like I'm yeah. really impressed that after being cut on both arms and in the neck, 
he was able to shoot himself. But he was used to that. He would do that shit on stage. He would cut yeah. his arms. He would make huge cuts on his arms and on his neck and stuff. Granted, these were deeper cuts, I think, probably, but he was probably used to losing blood and shit like that, you know? But anyway, yeah, he did all of that, supposedly. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't a suicide, but he was very suicidal. And, uh, but he, so they had a house where they lived and, and they jammed and shit, the band did. And so, but he was there alone. Dad was there alone when he killed himself. And when Euronymous came back, he had to actually break in through a window to get into the house because he didn't have a key. And he expected people to be there, expected dead to be there. And when he broke in, he found dead, dead, and uh, with his brains blown out on the bed. It's mm. um, kind of foreshadowing very, his very, choice of names. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what everybody says. Like, his choice of names and the way he was, it was obvious that he was going to kill himself. He had tried before. Like, nobody was surprised that he killed himself. It's sad. Mm-hmm. He should have just gotten some help. But but people didn't do that in the late 80s, early 90s. Well, and in, in Norway, I think there was may have even been less of that kind of... Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know anything about Norway, so... When I was watching the documentaries, it just seemed like maybe like a little bit older time, you know? But yeah. maybe, I don't know. I don't know a lot. I'm just making assumptions based on watching... Two documentaries. You know more than we do. Um, That's the entirety of our podcast. Making <laughs> assumptions <laughs> based on like one book we read, or mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> but anyway, so when Euronymous climbed in the window and he found dead, he instead of calling the cops immediately, he ran to the store and got a camera and came back <sighs> and he actually moved items and staged them and took pictures Ew. of the whole. Story. And then. And he took the pictures. He also took pieces of his skull. And he made them into necklaces. And he would pass them out to the inner circle of the black metal movement as in and tell people what they were. When he called the rest of the band to let him know that Dad had killed himself, he says, Dad has done something really cool. He killed himself. And Necro Butcher says, you know, he thought, have you lost it? What do you mean, cool? And uh, then Euronymous said, relax, I have photos of everything. He did come out with another album, and the album cover was the picture of Dead. Yeah. Oh I wondered. I wondered when he was taking the pictures if he was like, I'm going to be able to use these to spread our... Ew. So he actually used the picture on a photo album, or photo album, on an album cover. <laughs> had a photo album too in his scrapbook in his scrapbook so be surprised but he took those pictures and necro butcher was really pissed at him for having those pictures and he basically told him until you get rid of those pictures don't call me and he quit the band and he left because he was pretty disgusted by it despite necro butcher's name right not have been as much of a total douche no he actually (laughs) he he just one more of like more decent see and the thing is that like the original drummer Mannheim and necro butcher and euronymous they all formed this band in 84 when they were like just kids like high school kids like i got the impression that they like went to school together and stuff and they would talk about how they knew euronymous to be like this straight a student good kid you know hang out with his parents they would like stay they would jam at his parents house and he would goof with his little sister and shit you know and so he kind of takes this weird dark turn as the band 
takes this dark turn, which really kind of starts with dead, you know, because they're all soaking up the image. They're all like, yeah, we're Satanists, you know, that's what we stand for, because they're trying to be hated. They're trying to be like, the, that's like what they stand for, is to be like what everybody hates, which is weird. So weird. I get it, because it's a rebellious thing. It's rebelling against authority. And there was a general, I gotta say, there was a general like white supremacist, nihilistic kind of view that was permeated the whole scene so maybe they were fueled by that too but but anyway necro butcher got pissed about the pictures and he quit the band he thought euronymous had gone too far and so that's when they brought in i think that's when they brought in varg who's the count <laughs> but his his stage name is count grishnak which I like so, Varg better. It sounds Varg, more Norwegian. I, like. I looked up what Varg meant, and in Old Norse, it means thief. Oh. Thief. Oh, so oh, it doesn't wait, mean so dragon. The, the language is Norse, not Norwegian? <laughs> well, know, it's said Old Norse. Yeah, what I don't know about currently. I don't know. I have information. Varg? Varg? I have information. That Norwegian is the language spoken in Norway, which is obvious, but I started doubting myself. <laughs> um, and it is closely related to Swedish and Danish, which are all linguistic descendants of Old Norse. Oh. So Norse is a language, but it is not the, like Hannah but or it's someone like said, the it's Viking. not the current language. It's like the Viking language, when that was all just one big area and it didn't have separate countries yet. Yes. Okay. I just dropped some knowledge. So, where did I leave off? Varg had just joined the band. At some point, he joins the band. I, I don't have, I don't know what you year. You don't in it. And he plays with them for a little while. But he also, so, in the midst of all of this, I think it's after Dead dies, um, Euronymous opens up a record store. So, he has his own record label, and he wants to produce black metal music on his record label. And he has a record store but the record store isn't really profitable. It's more just like a hangout. He lives there for a while and he has, there's other people that like, he has a kid, this kid that goes by the Bard Faust, the Bard Faust. Um, and he's like 16 years old, goes to Oslo. Cause this is all in Oslo, Norway, goes to Oslo and gets a job at the record store, ends up like living there. He stays behind the counter and, and Euronymous has a place that he stays. And then you go down in the basement of this place and there's like a big hangout area. And uh, it's, it kind of attracts all of these people and they create this like dark circle like of black, like inner circle of black metal. And they kind of perpetuate this idea of like darkness and Satanism. But again, it's a lot of the time it's just an image. A lot of people report Euronymous as being somebody who was just talked and really not um, not serious. He would make a lot of, you know, make a lot of comments and statements and stuff, but he wasn't a follow-through kind of guy. You know what I mean? So Yeah. And so at this point when he has the record store is when he starts working with Varg. And Varg also produces his own album. He ha He's, uh, I think it's like a one-man band, but it's um, Burzum. 
is what it was. Burzum was his band. And he says when he recorded that, that because he wanted to be like the antithesis of everything that people like, he wanted the sound to be as shitty as possible. So he told them when they went into the studio, like, I want the shittiest drums. I want the shittiest, like, no, you don't need to tune that guitar. And he wanted the shittiest mic to sing into. So they ended up using headphones because that's the shittiest mic that they could come up with. And so just like that weird concept. But uh, this guy Varg was really almost like Aryan in the way that he thought he was a Nazi supporter. He, you know, liked Hitler. He was very pure. He was a purist. Like he didn't drink. He didn't do drugs. He didn't smoke. He didn't take medicine, over-the-counter medicine, pharmaceuticals. He was a vegetarian like Hitler. You know, he was very... You know, that kind of mentality, which was in the scene, but he was a bit extreme. So they're doing their thing, hanging out. And this kid, I told you, the bard, Faust, he <laughs> was, uh, at one point, he went to Lilyhammer, and he was a weirdo. And a lot of people will report that he had, like, this obsession with serial killers. And like kind of seemed like he had this obsession with wanting to know what it was like to kill somebody. So anyway, he goes to Lilyhammer, he goes to a bar when he's leaving after a couple of drinks, he's walking away. This 30 something year old man comes up and propositions him and he acts like he's interested. Faust acts like he's interested and kind of like lures him into the woods and then kills him and he stabs him. And he comes, goes back to Oslo the next day and he tells everybody, he's like, I killed a man last night. And he tells him, and Euronymous sees it. This is my impression anyway, because it's hard to know what he was really thinking. But um, I think he saw it as an opportunity to gain some, gain some notoriety for him, you know, so he supports him. He's like, good job. And he tells people, but he's like, you can't, you know, tells people in the inner circle, you know, but he's like, you can't spread this this stays just with us but um you know he like pumps him up and this kid faust ends up becoming like this you know has like this status or this prestige because it's like they're all trying to be like darker than the next person like you've seen shit like that like and I, even though it's not punk music it really makes me think of like because I hung out with some punks when I was never punk but I hung out with some punks you know when I lived in that house when Belle was a kid and they liken themselves to hard punks, you know what I mean? Living the hard life. And they had lived on the streets, some of these people. Some of these people were fucking, like, I was probably a shitty mom for letting them anywhere near Belle. <laughs> but, um, and they weren't, like, evil Satanists or anything like that. They didn't kill people. But there was, like, this pissing contest of who's who's the punkest you know, of us all, who, who's the hardest and the realest, you know, and I'm real and are you real and that kind of stupid bullshit. And I kind of liken it to that only in this black metal, like who's the darkest, who's the, you know what I mean? Who's the most fucked up, evilest son of a bitch, you know? So Faust became like this, this, you know, kid that had a lot of status, but then you don't really hear much about him for a while in the whole sequence of things. Um, and then shortly after that, or right about the same time the Faust is in Lillehammer and murders this guy, is when the first church burns down. Da, da, da. And that yeah! breaks. So Kelly can pee. What do you have a question? Did you mention churches burning down before, or was this a big reveal like it feels like, or did I not hear something? 
No, I haven't mentioned anything. Oh, okay. I told her. Setting it up. She's setting it up for That's why I waited for her to finish everything so she could cut this out. But I was like, did I stop her? Uh, A necklace of a human skull if it wasn't for my friend who had committed suicide. That's the thing. (laughs) It's like the circumstances of it, right? Yeah. Well, and there... There was a closeness between Euronymous and Dead. It was a weird, twisted relationship. A uh, bully, bully, bully-er, bully-e relationship. So weird. All of it's it still fucked up. up. So I just have to say that this episode is reminding me of a stupid episode of Bones where there's this black metal band who killed someone and they cut themselves on stage and I'm like, oh, this is the real band that they stole that story from. And it might be. And there's <laughs> other... Um, Sorry. Like black metal, death metal bands that do weird shit like this, but they were like really, like Dad was yeah. really hardcore about it the way he did it. So, yeah. oh my god, the name of the episode is even called Mayhem on a Cross. Sorry. <laughs> so is it related <laughs> to this? Funny. I bet that the story kind of sparked it because it's about it's it's actually about a murder. They find this like murdered body. A, Nor- they, a Norwegian black metal band has a human skull hanging up, and authorities come in and determine it's a real human or human skeleton, not just a skull. And so, of course, Bones, being the foremost expert in the world, they send it to her, and they trace it back to an American black metal band with a guy <laughs> who cuts himself and all this stuff. So I bet it was based on him. Yeah. Go cool. ahead, Salem. So where did we leave off? We left off with a church catching on fire, I think. Yeah. So there was a rash of churches burning down at this point in time. It started on June 6th of 1992. And it was the sixth day of the sixth month. And there was another sixth there. At six o'clock, I think, was one of the references that was made. And uh, to when the fire was was uh, started, and it burnt the church to the ground. And then um, there were several more attacks over the next year. There's at least seven other churches, including one that was burnt down on Christmas Eve. So nobody really claimed that they did it. Nobody owned up to it. There is definitely it was somebody in that inner black metal circle is what the thinking is and um but that could have been the black metal circle is multiple bands it's not just mayhem right yeah some of the names of the bands if you're interested there's the buzz burzum and then there's dark throne and uh, mayhem i can't remember all the others but anyway what do we think burzum means i don't know it's interesting like b-u-r-z-u-m burzum I don't know. But um, so during this time, I personally think that it was a combination of people. I think that um, Euronymous was probably involved in some of it. People have said that he was involved, that he had been there for some of them, but that he wasn't necessarily the one that threw the match. A lot of people viewed him like Euronymous thought that he was the leader. It was his record store. It was where everybody hung out and he was supposedly in charge of all of these um, guys telling him what to do, but he was all talk and not a lot of action is what a lot of guys said about him in the documentaries I watched. So he, you know, might have been involved, but he wasn't the 
the one I think personally that it was Varg, and he's the one actually who got convicted for um, the arsons, but I don't think it was just him either. So at one point, Varg decides that he wants to go to the media and he wants to let them know because they don't really have an idea at that point who's burning the churches because this kind of shit doesn't happen in Norway. Like they're a pretty quiet community, you know, with not a lot of crime and stuff. So they're thinking like terrorism and stuff at first, but Varg decides he wants to go to the media. He talks to a journalist. He's a fucking idiot. He was a total fucking idiot because he like lets him take pictures of him. He like gives him all of this information, says that he's not the one who did it, but he knows the people and it's this group that he's with and he's trying to get publicity for their music. But the journalist ends up going immediately to the police. The police start an investigation. Euronymous gets pissed at him because he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, there's some people that say Euronymous was in on it, but then a lot of people will say that he was mad for bringing all of this attention to them because then there was investigations against the group. The record shop, I think, ended up shutting down. He moved out of the record shop. I mean, it changed a lot of stuff. And so there was this, like, contentiousness between Varg and Euronymous. And Varg was pissed off because Euronymous had produced Varg's record on his label. And he had used the money that he was supposed to give back to Varg to put into Mayhem and recording Mayhem and shit like that. So he felt, at least that's what the movie said. I don't know how true that is. But he felt, I know the truth is that he felt slighted by him. So there was some sort of a contract. The movie portrays it as a contract where Euronymous sets it up as saying, uh, here I sign over all the rights to your music. You can go do what you want with it and I will pay back the money that I owe you and we'll just be done. Um, I'm not sure if that's what the real contract showed or not, but there was a contract and there had been this rumor going around that Euronymous had said he was going to kill Varg because he was tired of the noise that he was making and that he was going to stun him with a taser and then torture him and do it all on film and make a snuff film out of it. And I don't know if there was any truth to that or not, but with everybody in the way they portrayed Euronymous as being like all talk. It's hard for me to believe, even if he said it, I bet you he didn't mean it. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't really going to go kill Varg. But anyway, Varg shows up at his house one night with the contract saying that he had signed it and he kills him. And Varg says that he did it in self-defense, that Euronymous attacked him and he'd heard that Euronymous was going to kill him. So he was just defending himself. But he stabs him like 23 times. And the majority of them, I believe, are in the back. That's and there's, not self-defense. <laughs> no. And there's evidence that Euronymous was trying to escape. So he was in the apartment. And he'd gotten like locked in the apartment. And he'd gotten himself out of the apartment. And was running down the stairs of this apartment complex as Varg chased him. And was stabbing him. Damn! And so, even though Varg stands... He stands by self-defense because he says, if I hadn't killed him, he was planning on killing me, and he would have killed me. So I had to kill him to save my so, life. Wait, 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 wait. So pre so I, I was, It was self-defense, so I had to chase him and stab him in the back. Because if he would have let him live, he would have come back and killed him later. So it was preemptive self Yes. Yeah. I don't know if that would hold up in a court of law. I don't think it would. <laughs> yeah, this premeditative self-defense. Like, 
<laughs> so yeah. So the last stab that he did, the last time they stabbed him was like a stab wound to the head. That's pretty freaking severe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's my you know. first. Uh, I, I hate it. Like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's pretty. I told George when I was on break, I said, I'll be happy to get this story out of my head because it's pretty mm-hmm. dark. And I've watched and all of this shit that I've watched, like the movie was really graphic and the documentary had some live footage of of this one artist performing that I don't even know who he was because um, I've kind of fallen asleep a little bit and then woke up and this guy was performing. We are great at research, guys. We are great at research. (laughs) But he was doing this performance art where he started off, there was like all these posters hanging on this brick wall. He's like in an alley and there's all these people standing around and they have like these satanic symbols or like arcane symbols written on them. And he's like breathing fire at these posters and lighting them on fire and burning them. And then he sits down at the end and like slits his wrist, like from wrist to elbow, like both arms and then his neck, like he was imitating dead suicide. And then just lays on this couch there and bleeds. Uh, Everyone's like standing around like, is the show over? Like, do we go? Like, what's... (laughs) It was just uh, like fucking weird. I know. Like, that's the kind of shit I've been watching the last few days. So, All right. So back to me. Um, No, back to mayhem. So... (laughs) Sorry. So at this point... You would think Mayhem would be over. Euronymous is dead. He's killed by Varg. Apparently, the police were already looking at Varg for the arsons, and they had tapped his phone, and they heard him talking to somebody about how he was going to kill Euronymous, and the thought is that they just let him do it, figuring they'd catch him, and then it would get rid of another dirtbag, you know, that was... Because they thought Euronymous was involved too, right? I don't know. That's just Let's what let him take some it. of the people say that have been interviewed. I, I'm not arguing the logic. It just doesn't I mean, seem like something that would fly here. No. Save, save some money for their jail system or whatever and their court system, I guess. It also was yeah. the 90s, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is the early 90s, like 93. Um, so either way, regardless, they catch him they pretty much immediately after he kills Euronymous and he gets sentenced to the maximum he pleads self-defense which they're like yeah why the fuck ever that's bullshit and uh they sentence him to the maximum that you can get in Norway which is 21 years what so I know what's like the what's the murder rate in Norway I don't know it must not be that bad the maximum sentence for like first degree murder is 21 years stop it bad kitty I'm sorry I meant to mute I should have muted myself before I did that I apologize (laughs) (laughs) he was eating people food he's such an asshole in the process of him going through his trial and everything somehow he it comes out that the bard Faust had killed that guy in Lilyhammer, and so he also gets charged and convicted with that murder and sentenced to 21 years. So both of them are out now. This was in 93, 94, maybe they were sentenced in 95. I don't know how long trials take, but still, either way, they're out now, living their lives after all this weird, crazy shit. Why, Hannah? I found out the murder rate in Norway when okay. it's very low. <laughs> it's point. 53 per 100,000 population 
And in 2018, there were only 25 murders in all of Norway. Wow. Well, I guess we can't go judging their criminal justice system. They just don't have the need for a better criminal justice system, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, but so um, so that's pretty much the story of Mayhem and the black metal movement. Some people still attribute Euronymous and Mayhem especially with the beginning of the movement because they they were the first to kind of pull away. Although to me, and this is just my untrained musical ear in black metal, I guess, but um, they all like death metal, black metal, they all sound the fucking same. So, but apparently they were like the forefathers of the whole movement and stuff. And Mayhem still exists. They still tour. They still record. Necro Butcher actually came back after Euronymous had died and reformed the band. And there's been changes. I, I think Hellhammer might still be with him too, but I, I don't, I'm not sure about that. But they have very clearly stated that they are not Satanists. They've never been Satanists. They've never done rituals or black magic or any of that kind of shit. And that it was all just an image and that they didn't support any of the weird shit that happened. So that's the story of mayhem and of black metal and where it went totally fucking south. I mean, terrifying. I don't have any more. Huh? Like, I guess for me, it's kind of like, I want to create something that everybody hates is an, and is the antithesis of good things. Mm-hmm. Like, really, where did they think it was going to end up? Like, yeah, how did they think it was going <laughs> to turn out? Well, and the new, the new mayhem still embodies that kind of idealism to a certain extent. Like, they don't want to be mainstream. They don't want to be what everybody likes. They're rebelling against a lot of ideas. And if anything, they probably still have, I'm not sure, but it sure seems like they still have a bit of that kind of, what's the term I'm looking for? The kind of, uh, not, not Nazi, but you know, that Aryan kind of white supremacy. Yeah. And not just that, just like the purism, you know, like it's, so it's you're a, saying, are you looking for the word racism? Cause like, <laughs> I don't know, not a lot of respect for human life, kind of. But in they thinking. screen their members better and they ask them, like, so we just want to make sure that this is just an act for you, right? Like, this <laughs> isn't really how yeah. you feel. You're not really a murderer or crazy person. This, You're just a good actor, right? Like, we want to make well, sure. It does raise the question of, like, where is the line? Like, how do you get the crazy people who are like, yeah, this is my way of life? But not yeah. really my way of life. It's all just pretend. But it's well, not pretend because it's real. I think that when you start burning down churches and shit, that maybe you're a bit too Absolutely. extreme and you shouldn't be in the band anymore. Like, there's, it's just like a really great actor can portray a really horrible person. And it doesn't mean they're that person. Like, I mean, bands or performers. Kiss, Kiss wasn't, they didn't walk around and make up all the time. Like, it was a persona they performed, you know? I'm not going to say that any of these guys are good people. I started off saying that, too. Like, and I don't know enough about them, but I think they're all, to a certain extent, kind of assholes. You know what I mean? Dickheads. Bad people. Asshole doesn't mean murderer. It's not all an act. Like, they don't want to be mainstream. They want to be in this, like, culture. Mm -hmm. So it can't 100% be an act. It's more just you can't take it too far. Exactly. All right, well... 
that story. Isn't that yeah? yeah good very, job. It's interesting. Thank you. It's very it's different than anything we've heard mm -hmm. so far. That's and good. then thank you, George. He's the one who drew my attention to it. Told me that I should Yay! do it. Yay, George! That does seem like what George would like. Like that sort of story. Yeah. I like it. It's good. Yeah. Not because he's a Satanist or, or anything. No, because he because really likes the documentaries on music. So he probably just watched this documentary on the music and was like, wow, that's a fucked up story. Salem should tell that on her. <laughs> I like that, though, Hannah. That is correct. He is quite the opposite of yes. a Satanist. You okay, Kelly? <laughs> I just had a little stroke. I'm all right. <laughs> So, do we have things that don't suck? Oh, God. Things that don't suck. Things that don't suck. Oh, I guess I have a big one. Okay. Yeah. I have two. Okay. Can I go? Yeah. Okay, my well, first is... We'll come back to you for your second. It's only fair. That's fine. Okay. I'm just kidding, Kelly. <laughs> my first one was the one I was planning to talk about, and then the second one came up this morning and made me all, all sappy, and, and so I thought I'd share it. So the first one is that we are really close to being able to go back to camping in yeah, yeah. the state. Yay. Like technically we can, but all the state parks are like kind of like there's yes, different yes. openings. And so Matt and I have a reservation next weekend for my birthday on Saturday. And we are hopefully going to be able to go. It's all up in the air because the the campground hasn't like announced that they're officially open, but they can open. And then if they open, they might like only be at 50% capacity. But my thing that doesn't suck is camping. Okay. <laughs> camping right. is just amazing. Being nice. outside, nice. campfire, stars, and mm -hmm. I'm going to get to do it again someday. So I, that's number one. I day. like the whole outside campfire stars but then when i'm sleepy i want to go back inside so we have upgraded our camping gear because we're so excited because we all of our trips were canceled so we were like what can we do that we're allowed to do in our state so we've upgraded all our camping gear and if we can go next weekend we now have a much thicker mushy uh memory foam mattress thing that we're gonna sleep on and we have a new tent that has this little screened in porch area so if the mosquitoes are bad you can set chairs in the screened in porch area to get out of the mosquitoes and i have been researching like food like camping food so that we can like up our no more like hot dogs on a stick we're gonna make like full meals and like aluminum foil packets and like breakfast uh, and so I'm, i don't even I'm like excited. to do that at home why would i want to do that outside <laughs> Well, yeah, if, most of the time I just eat a hot dog anyway. Well, then you guys. <laughs> but that's good for you, Kelly. Though it's good for you though because you love that stuff, and so I'm, I'm excited. Very excited. And I'm excited. If our, if our reservation gets canceled next weekend, you can find us in our backyard on Saturday night camping. <laughs> Yay! But anyway, um, okay. what's your second? Should, should I do my other one, or am I supposed to wait till it comes back around? No, do your other one. So my other one is. So the backstory is: this morning I saw Matt's cousin. One of his cousins just had a baby mm -hmm. and that cousin's sister posted this morning um, and she's like my age, she's like 35 ish. And she posted this morning about how she gets to hold her nephew for the first time. And she's so in love and she never knew she could love another human being as much. And she was so excited to be an aunt 
And I was like, I've been an aunt since I was eight years old. And so, and sometimes it can be like, and eh, whatever, no big deal. But the reality <laughs> is, it was very sweet that she posted that. And I feel very fortunate that I am able to be an aunt to amazing nieces and nephews. And I love them more than I could ever love a human being, just like she said. And I just thought that I should share that with you all. Who wants to go next? Who has something that doesn't suck? Hmm. Uh, I'll go. I mean, I guess something that doesn't suck is we had, so my work has been doing these optional meetings for furloughed employees. They have to be optional because they're not paying us. Um, just updates. And we're still on track to come back on time. So it doesn't look That's like good. our furlough is going to be extended or anything past That's the 90 really days. Good. So, so nice. I can't decide if I'm happy or not. I'm hoping by July I'll be tired of being at home, but I haven't really wanted to go back to work yet necessarily other than the fact of you know making money and not starving and losing the house minor details yeah i've been enjoying being at home i haven't hit that okay i've run out of things to entertain myself with yet i'm working full-time and i feel like Uh, i'm out of things i'm ready to go back i mean i've been redoing my bathroom though and had a lot of projects to work on so that's true and an annoying kid to take care of that is true Well, I have things that don't suck, and it's Kyle. Kyle's my thing that doesn't suck, because he, today especially, but always, is just so supportive and so loving, and I can't wait to marry him, and, yeah. I mean, he did get you tequila after I made you He got me tequila, and he poured me a beer. You didn't make me cry. It's just like... I mean, I did. If I hadn't said anything, I wouldn't have cried. You didn't make me cry. It's just that you sparked the pressure that I have okay been under. Hey, I've made a lot of people cry. It's okay, Belle. You can just say it. It won't hurt no, my feelings. It's okay. No, I love it, Belle. I love it. Because what's the experience? No, because if you made me cry, I would have been like, yeah, you made me cry. But it was just that you reminded me just like how much shit I have to get done. Like, <laughs> just, I don't know. That's what I'm here for, I guess. I don't All know. All my bullshit. people about shit. It's okay. Crying is okay. I'm never going to be one of those people that's like, oh, I love a good cry. Like, no, screw that shit. But No, I do sometimes enjoy it. I mean, if I feel like I need it, I'll make me watch a sad movie to, like, spark it. Like, if I feel like I, like, need a good cry, like, I will watch something super sad. I never feel like I need a good cry. I never feel like I just just cried. Well, that was a good thing, though. Yeah. Kyle is a thing that doesn't suck. He would yeah, suck good for even, Kyle. He would suck even less if he brought me alcohol. Right. <laughs> Just kidding. Do you have something, Hannah? <sighs> I'm so tired. That's not a thing that doesn't suck. That's a thing that sucks. But <laughs> my thing that doesn't suck is this TV show on Hulu called The Great. It's really good, <laughs> and I'm really enjoying it. And I talked to mom about it all night last night, <laughs> so she's tired of me saying it. But what's it called? The Great. It's about the Catherine the Great. Okay. It looks really it's, good. It's fantastic. I haven't seen that one yet. Hmm. And I love it. And it's making me happy to watch it all. <laughs> I haven't been on Hulu forever. I've been binge watching Acorn TV shows. That sounds fun. All right. Well, my thing that doesn't suck <laughs> is that the Renaissance Festival isn't canceled. It's just postponed. Woo! Yay! I think it's going to happen too. Are they going to have X's so you socially distance? Are we going to have to wear masks? Probably. I think we'll have to wear masks, but I think like the, the research is showing that outside is 
pretty okay. So I think it's going to happen. I think we're going to get it. It's in August it's- and September, so that's still a ways away. It's hot enough, man. And my mask doesn't match my outfit. No, we'll make one that matches your outfit. Is there any mask that notes. matches your outfit? Wait, Salem, what? I'm going to get one of those, you know, with the long nose, like the black doctor mask. used to wear. Then you the put the earth doctor. in. You know, they're, called, like a bird. they're called plague masks. Plague masks. Yes, that's what we should all wear. Some yes. plague masks. So do but it. they don't cover your face right. I don't think they fo- perform the same function. I... I can put in filters or something. We'll make it work. It'll be great. God, this is going to be so hot. <laughs> like, how hot it is to go to RenFest in June and July. Imagine what it's going to be like in August and September. Well, September won't be that bad. August will be hot. August will be hot. Well, then let's go in September. That's let's nice. go on my birthday! It won't be open yet. Let's not! And that's really hot. hot. I love you, Belle, but it's going to be hot. I love you, but I don't love you that much. But it's good that they're coming back because a lot of those shops, those are businesses that rely yeah. on being able to tour and do, mm-hmm. um, and do the the festival circuit, so to speak. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love you guys. Are we done? Are you we seem done. Out? I think we're done. All right. Love you guys. Love you guys. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Love you. Bye.